want to invite those who are at their homes just to, uh, uh, we're going to be celebrating the Lord's uh, table, the Lord's Supper, communion. We have um, some uh, emblems that are ready here. If you came in, this, uh, they're on a chair in the foyer. And uh, you can go back at some time and get, grab an emblem for yourself. And then at the end of the message, we're going to participate together. If you're at home, you can grab something that will work for you and, uh, and uh, in place of an emblem. And let's just keep, let's keep uh, going, keep remembering, as the Lord said in his word, to remember as, as we celebrate communion. We're celebrating his, uh, his resurrection power. We're celebrating the victory that he, he had over death. And we're celebrating his victory for us. And so that we can live. I'm so glad that Jesus uh, did it for us. We don't have to do it ourselves. We don't work for our salvation, but we, we work out our salvation. And yet, in other words, the Lord himself is working in us. And aren't you glad he's patient many times with you and I? He's patient with us. And he wants us to learn more about who he is. He wants, to, he wants us to know him, not just about him, but he wants us to really walk with him. And that's the greatest adventure this life could ever have. Uh, there's no other life. There's nothing in this world. And we're going to read a bit from John 1, and, and we're going to read a bit from Genesis chapter 1. They kind of go together a little bit. But Genesis, uh, John 1 actually starts out in the first first verse that he writes, John writes these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that in the beginning, which was the beginning of creation, now, it's hard for my mind to wrap around that God has always been, but he's always been. It's hard for you and I to fathom that. But this beginning part here is, is in the beginning of the earth, the creation, in the beginning of God establishing his presence in the beginning was the Word. Notice the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we can say Jesus is the Word today. Jesus is the Word. His name is the Word. He uh, was in the beginning with God. He, all things came into being by Him. All things came into being by Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And apart from Jesus, no real life can really happen. See, apart from Jesus, there's no real hope. There's a void. And I want to go to Genesis a bit just for a few moments to, to look at those uh, wonderful verses in the creation story. There in the beginning, uh, verse 1, the first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1.1. I think you probably know it by heart. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the, of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. Let me just say this. Where the Spirit of God is, there is light. Where the Spirit of God is, there is life. Where the Spirit of God is, the, he extinguishes darkness. He takes and exposes 
the things that we can't see otherwise. God is light. And I believe that our world today needs to understand that the only solution for the problems that we're facing is the fact that we begin to look to God as never before and begin to understand that God wants to fill and fix our problems only through Jesus Christ, of course. We cannot, we cannot fix our own problem. Our problem is this. We are born into sin because of Adam's failing and Eve. One man's sin messed it up for the rest. Jesus, it's hard for me to understand this. Why would God bother making man? Have you ever asked this question? Why would God bother knowing ahead of time? And see, his sending his son was not an afterthought. He already knew in his, in his plans what was going to happen. But the good news is no matter how far we've turned our backs upon the Lord, there's always room at the cross when we come back with true repentance. No matter how much we've sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, and all of us have, there's, there, is a, there is a solution. There is a, there's a, there is a place that he desired for us to come and begin to learn at his feet, begin to sit before the name of, before the Lord himself like, like Mary chose to do when Martha was bothered. No, don't get me wrong. There are places for worker bees. There is a place for the worker bee. But at the particular time that Jesus was in the house, Jesus just wanted their attention. Jesus just wanted to, to speak truth into their lives. And so, so much of the distractions. Has anything really changed in the human heart? There are so many things pulling for your time, for your, for your attention. And we're distracted by so many things. And what needs to happen is that we need to focus upon the Lord Jesus. I'm finding myself beginning to sink when I focus on what's happening in the world. I begin to sink in gloom and doom, despair and anguish and stress. But I have to turn it over to Jesus. I have to turn my eyes on Jesus. I have to keep focus upon the Lord himself who is coming for his people. That he's saying to us today, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. When you see these things beginning to happen, the, the end is at hand. But it's not the end yet, is it? We know that, that God could come any time, but we know that he's wanting to save and seek that which is lost. And isn't it interesting that Paul wrote in Romans 8.28, when we are having trouble in this life, when things are somewhat chaotic and coming against us and upsetting to us, there is a, there's even a hope. As in Romans 8.28, it reads, and we know that God causes all things to work together For good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I don't believe God causes bad things to happen. He allows them because man is man. The hope is this, that in, in the midst of our chaos and our problems, if we look to God for 
to good, he causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, God is working his purposes out. What is his purpose? His purpose is for you and I to know him. His purpose, his desire for us is to love him with all our heart, our soul, and strength. His purpose is to let no one know anything come between you and God. That's his purpose. His purpose is that you know you belong to him and no one else. He's just number one. And so we are, we are challenged to trust God even in your circumstances that are tough, even when circumstances aren't going the way even when God saying they're not going the way I want them to go, but he's faithful to those who will love him, will seek him in spite of, who will pray and look up for his future is in good hands. Anyone who is going through this life without God has a void in their heart. Like, much like the earth in its early days, was earth, the earth was void. It was dark. There was no life. And so much is like the heart of a man or a woman. Without God, the life, the light is not in their heart. They can't see. And they're groping. They're reaching, grabbing for anything they can grab, hang on to, to try to find some kind of fulfillment in this life. Aren't you glad that God has come to you and I? That God came down as we read on. Verse 6 of John 1. There was a man from God whose name was John. He came for a witness that he might be a witness of the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. How is God reaching people? He's reaching people who are witness to the lifestyle, life changes. People that were once one way, reckless, away from God, who come to know Jesus, have changed their life, and now their life becomes a light to other people. Your reflection that's the person of Jesus Christ in you, your countenance reflects the light of Jesus. When you walk into the marketplaces of life, oftentimes I, I look at people's eyes and try to make some kind of contact. It's, it's, it's about all the, 
the only thing you can see nowadays with all the masks. But your eyes speak volumes. Doctors are able to look into eyes and kind of dilate, see what's going on. They have a, they've been trained to do that. The lamp that is in us, the light of Jesus Christ, the word of God, is a lamp unto our feet. When people look at you and I, they must see Jesus. They will see Jesus when you have spent time with Jesus. And when you have taken in and you have filled your lamp with the oil, you've taken the time to receive fresh oil so that your lamps keep burning because the night will come, the times will come when it will be dark for many people in their lives will not know what to do. But you will be a light. John the Baptist came proclaiming as a forerunner. There's one who's coming after me who's greater than I. There's one who's coming. I must decrease. He must increase. I must move over so that Jesus can have his place. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let, and the life was the light of men. John 1, verses 4 and 5, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness. I was here last night a little bit, you know, into the dark, and I have to tell you, tell on myself. I shut the lights off. I couldn't see. But I thought I knew where the door was, only to find out I tripped over about th three of those chairs three times. I kept going, oh, my, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was just like, wow. As I get out my trusty flip phone, you know, that's about as enough as a light up an ant path. But I finally figured out. My eyes dilated a little bit, I think, and gotten my bearings. Oh, that was crazy. That was just nuts. Monsieur, we live in a... We live in such a, without God, it's going to be a horrible place, a horrible place to be separated from God. But Jesus comes to bring us into relationship with God. Jesus bears us. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. And Jesus comes to rescue us from the pit, to redeem us from darkness. You see, darkness has to flee. Darkness goes away when the light exposes it. All the things that you and I are doing to Jesus Christ is like a light. Jesus said, do your work. Let your works glorify me. Let your light so shine. So shine in such a way that men will see. Acts 1.8 Jesus 
gave the words, commanded them to tarry, to wait. Don't go into this world without my power. Don't go out and try to rescue people for me without my power. Don't try to do it in your own strength, but wait upon the Lord and you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. You shall become my witnesses. You shall uh, start in Jerusalem. Start right where you're at. See, this, this whole, this witnessing thing starts in the home. It starts in your, in where, you, where you grew up, where you went to school, where you got your first job. It goes on from there to wherever God places you and I. That, you, that, it, that becomes your circle of influence. I love to think that you and I, I believe it's the Lord's help helping us to make a difference in the world because of the light of Jesus. There are people are afraid today. They're afraid for the future. They're afraid. Even Christians taking their eyes off Jesus for a moment can begin to sink. We have to keep going back and refueling and rekindling. God is full of light. Did you know in heaven there won't be any need for the sun? Is God himself is the light illuminates heaven. That is so wonderful to think. Have you ever noticed on a sunrise the brilliancy of the colors and display or a sunset? God just did that for you and I because he's showing himself to the world. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm still on the throne. Hey, I'm still faithful. Don't look to man to fix your problems. I'm the one praying to God, praying to God in heaven. There's one who made much difference in the world, there is one, but no one like Jesus. Many men have come and, and gone. You know, we have great men of God in the Bible. We have Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We have Moses and we have Noah and we have King David. Every one of these had their own weaknesses. They all fell short. They all needed the grace of God. But there's one who came who he came into this world and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. He said in verse 14, the word became flesh. So what is God saying? They need me to come down. I need to go down. Jesus came down. And so in the Bible, it's described in Philippians that he emptied himself. Philippians talked about this humbling, emptying of himself, that becoming what he knew in heaven, leaving that Wonderful place to come down onto the earth. Philippians 2, verse 7, he emptied himself. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because God is a God of love. God loves people. Even when you and I have a hard time loving people, Hello. Sometimes we're 
Some people are harder to love than others. Just face it. Sometimes we're challenged. We're tested. I was talking to a man on the job, and he, he's, a, he's a real believer, and some of you would know him if I mentioned his name. But he and I were working. Um, I mentioned, I don't know the guy's name, but he was a little on the rough side. He would use words I wouldn't repeat. And he had an attitude like the world. But the Holy Spirit, I, I, at first I didn't want to get too close to him. Just being honest, I didn't want to get, oh Lord, I just said, okay. These are the kind of people that you love. So the next time around, I just kind of did, got more intentional and listened to him and asked questions. Did you know you can have a conversation with just about anyone if you listen and ask questions about them? What if you don't know what to say? Sometimes then it's okay, don't say anything. But if God gives you the words, so this was one of the persons, and another person came along that also needed the Lord. And for some reason, I felt led to say, and we're talking a little bit about the current events. And I said, you know what? The love of money is a root of all evil. Maybe he heard that before, maybe he didn't. But I tried to explain him. Nothing, what, what man tries to do through money always comes up short. Because money isn't the problem, the love of it is. And when you love the money, it becomes almost like an idol and it takes over. And so, God is the only one who can fill the void. No matter how much money man has, it always seems like the man wants a little more. It's like it's never enough. It can never be satisfied. So man has somehow been deceived to think that money brings happiness. It doesn't bring happiness. Only our walk with Jesus and our right relationship with God. That brings happiness and joy. Now money then becomes a tool that you bless other people with, that you can see a need and you can help. You begin to take on, you know what? God is trusting you and I with his finances. He says, trust me in these things. And Malachi, as you give back to me, he said in Malachi, 10%. Paul, later on in the church, said, set it aside to give to the work of the Lord. Money isn't the problem. The love of the money is. And so man 
has a deep-seated problem. It's a root, a love for things, a love for pleasure, a love anything outside of God, anything that takes the place. Loving to work too much can become a God in itself. Now I have to guard that. I have to watch over my heart that I'm allowing the Lord to be Lord of my life. See, the light can go dim if I don't feed the lamp on the Word of God. The light can grow dim. The fire on our hearts can grow low. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God in you. What does that mean? I get this image in my mind that the old fire, the old coals that are laying under the ashes, once you bring a stir stick, you begin to bring those coals back to life, and you can have fire in no time. That's the idea, the imagery. Stir up the gift of God within you. And some of us are getting stirred up Stirred up to see the Lord again moving away that you've seen him move before, or to see the Lord move upon our land like he's been known to move upon before, that he would visit people again with his presence, visit the church again. And Acts it says there would be seasons of refreshing. And some of us say we need an old. Holy Ghost revival, an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. What is that talking about? That's when we render our hearts. That's when we get close to God. That's when we, when we begin to lay our things down. We lay our agenda aside. We come, God becomes number one priority. We renew our faith and our strength. So it came, it got so bad on the earth. At one point, as we know, that God destroyed the people in Noah's day. It got to that place where God brought wrath, and that was it. That was it. He started over. Another day is coming when he will pour out his judgment again. And the Bible speaks to that. But for the people of God, no matter what we have to go through, we get eternal life because Jesus Christ. No matter what we have to face, I'm believing for his power and his grace. Because Jesus was in heaven and he ceased down on the earth, there's no other way. Man can't fix his own problem, I'm going down. I'm going down to rescue people. I'm gonna be born through a virgin woman. An angel announced all this ahead of time and Jesus shows up, not as a mighty, mighty king, but as a lowly, lowly, helpless babe. Humbled himself. Took on flesh. Experienced weakness, pain. Experienced rejection. Experienced sorrow. Experiences all the emotions, all the physical pains that, that life can bring. Yet he kept the faith, yet he kept the mission, yet he never sinned, he kept sinless, yet he was 
thinking about us on the cross even. Do not hold this against them. Because he was looking past the cross to see the day and moment you, you accept Christ and you are set free. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse several verses into that chapter. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets and in many ways and in many portions and many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. Have you ever thought of this? The tree that Jesus created became the place of crucifixion. Knowing our God is so far beyond us. He is the radiance of his glory, exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. The fact that our world keeps spinning and rotating is by the word of God, by God spoke it into existence. I want you to grab a hold of something in your heart today. Is there something, someone, or something in your body coming against you? I want you to do this. I want you to try this. Just begin to speak in the name of Jesus. Put your finger on it. Put your mind on it and say, in the name of Jesus, I speak life. I take I take you at your word that where you go, you bring healing. You are a God of redemption. You are in the healing business today. And what's needed across our country more than ever is the healing, demonstrating power of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, may this plague, this COVID be dried up. We begin to speak. Speak it in the name of Jesus around your family, around your home, around your community. Because it's time for the people of God, I believe. This is our time. This is our time to say that we believe in the name of Jesus. Not to be foolish, but to be strong in the Lord. You have loved ones. You've yet seen them change. You begin to envision them being clothed and in their right mind. Begin the vision and the faith. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. May they turn. May they come home to you. May they have a breakthrough. May the light of Jesus Christ begin to shine in the dark places and the crevices and the corners. Oh, Satan has worked overtime to deceive many. Just deceive them to think that their own life, their own body, whatever it, it is, they can only save themselves and they can't. So God sent his son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life. When John the Baptist was through with his ministry. He died as a martyr. It was the enemy. 
that his head was removed and Jesus was broken for him. Jesus felt pain. And Jesus said some good words about John the Baptist. No one, there's no one like ever been. There's one coming, John the Baptist, there's one coming who's greater than I. And there's one coming yet in this life that is going to bring the saints with him. That he's coming back. We see him on the horse in Revelation. We see him in triumph. We see him in the victor at the battle of Armageddon. At the great tribulation, at the end of it, the great armies that are coming against Israel. I'm looking for Jesus. Amen. I best keep my eyes upon Jesus. Because this world is waning, is waxing, is reeking, rocking, and needs the Lord. And so what an opportunity that the day of the church has. It's not a time to shrink back. And you know, they can never take our freedom in our heart. They may tell us we can't meet, but they can never take Jesus away from you in your heart. They can never take him. And he will be with us. And he said some words in the closing of his ministry of Jesus before he went back. He told the disciples to go into all the nations and, and make, this, make disciples, make other believers, convince other people, preach the truth, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he also gave some instruction that he would remember, the church would remember in a physical way. And if you have your emblems at home and you're ready, you can participate with us. I'm going to read some verses. And Jesus, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so when we have a little cracker, a wafer, we think about the broken body of Jesus. We think about how you, Lord, gave your life, how you allowed your body to be beaten and broken and to bleed. And the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And we're so grateful that we can be forgiven. So we accept now the broken body. Let's receive it together. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, "The cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
What a wonderful seller. Let's drink the cup. Remembering. We love the blood of Jesus. Is where our power is. That where the blood of Jesus is applied is our protection. Lord, I pray for people who are facing difficult times that the blood of Jesus would be applied to their doorposts, to their hearts, and to the lentils of their homes, the places and the crevices, because we need you, Lord. Our church needs you. Our community needs you. Our country needs you. Our entire world needs you. And so with that, we say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart anew and afresh. Be Lord of my life. Be Lord of all situations. So into your hands we commit. In Jesus' name. We're going to wrap up with one course.